here. It's, it's great to see so many familiar faces and unfamiliar ones too. And we'd like to encourage you to um, welcome all parts of yourself here throughout this time together in the practice of insight meditation we are opening to whatever it is that's occurring and absorbing everything into practice everything into awareness this is such a great situation to sit with all women Um, it's a very relaxed situation I, I generally find women's retreats to be and with there being relaxation, there's also the potential to allow for a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, a lot of seeing how things are in a clear and vivid way within ourselves. So I very much invite you to uh, not think that you have to leave any part out. Nothing needs to be left aside or, or left out of your experience in meditation to recognize whatever it is that's occurring in our life this is meditation to accept whatever it is that's occurring in our life this is meditation and then to open to investigate to see whatever it is that's occurring clearly this is meditation living in harmony living in peace existing with ourselves and others, no matter how things are. To allow for all parts of ourselves to be accepted and revealed to ourselves, it's so helpful for there to be an atmosphere of trust, an atmosphere of true relaxation. And Working with integrity, working with the precepts, helps enormously for there to be this atmosphere of safety. So remembering to work with the first precept, which is not destroying life, and practicing a reverence for life, a reverence for life inside and outside, with others and within oneself practicing the precept of not taking that which doesn't belong to us, so not not, um, stealing. And taking on the practice of contentment, contentment with how things are, as well as the practice of generosity. Working with the third precept, which is refraining from harming through sexual misconduct. And instead, Practicing sensitivity, practicing responsibility. The fourth precept is using speech in a way that is kind and honest, true and useful. And in the context of this retreat, it means no speech at all. So (laughs) easy, much easier (laughs) than usual. So practicing silence, practicing enjoying the silence actually. It's, it's so wonderful to have a chance to be in silence with a group of women, um, to appreciate one another in a different way, 
practicing ourselves and practicing with one another. And the silence being such, such an enjoyable aspect of a retreat. So it doesn't have to be something that has a lot of tension in it or anxiety or pressure to really relax into the silence. It's there as a reservoir inside of the heart. So to relax into this reservoir of inner silence within. And the fourth, the fifth precept, not much of an opportunity here for this one, but the fifth precept is refraining from drugs or alcohol. And this is really the practice of mindfulness. This is our whole practice. Drugs and alcohol clouding the mind, and in practice we're unclouding the mind. We're really letting go, seeing through the veils over the mind, over the heart, and seeing things clearly. And so over and over again, simply relaxing into presentness, letting go of past, letting go of future, and remembering that meditation can only happen right now. It can only happen in this present moment only. Of course, practice develops, and when we sit here again in six or seven days, we'll notice different things. And at the same time, it's only happening right now. And we can remember this over and over again. We can remember over and over again to relax into the present moment, into the here and now. So I, I wish you a, a very good retreat. And I hope I don't have to sit like this the whole time. I'm very happy to see all of you finally got here. I um, actually arrived on Thursday to begin the retreat yesterday. Uh, Much to my amazement to discover that there was nobody coming until today. Unfortunately, I was also booked to leave on the Friday, (laughs) which I have managed to change. I was reflecting uh, a little bit today about the time when we first began uh, women's retreats here at IMS and remembering how at that time, this was quite some years ago, that it was you know, considered to be really a very radical departure from the norm. And um, it took some negotiation to have this kind of situation happen. And it took some negotiation because, as you could imagine, because this had never occurred before, it did evoke some sense of nervousness and anxiety within certain parts of the population that I, I will refrain from naming. <coughs> and I do... I mean, I do remember, you know, some parts of that population saying to me, well, you know, please don't speak badly about us as if we had nothing else to talk about. (laughs) 
which did surprise me. But then I remember when we began this, this, this style of retreat and this gathering, um, really not knowing what it meant to have a women's retreat, what, what that would look like, what kind of shape it would take. And remember, you know, some of the questions that arose was, you know, you know, what would a tradition, a women's tradition look like? And it became clear very quickly that actually there wasn't really any need to define uh, a women's retreat by particular characteristics or hierarchies or uniforms or symbols, that in a way this tradition is recreated each time that we meet together in this retreat. And although every year it has a slightly different flavor, so so much the underlying characteristic is one of a, a sense of ease and trust and confidence and support, which are clearly some of the primary ingredients that really allow us to open and to deepen in our lives. Um, to know when you come into this retreat, I know sometimes people, especially people who are new to IMS, they, they come into the silence and into this large group and sometimes feel you know, that they're kind of anonymous, that nobody notices them, that you know, especially in the beginning there can be that feeling, well, nobody really cares about what is happening to me. But I think it is really important to bear in mind and to remember that each and every one of you is a very significant and unique and important part in the group and the gathering that we form here. Meditation is spoken about in many, many different ways. And for me, I would say that essentially meditation is the art of wakefulness. It is the art of reawakening our own capacity for awareness and for connectedness. That this practice and what we do here in this time together is an opportunity to reawaken our inner capacity to touch the world and to touch ourselves and to touch each moment with a kind and a clear attentiveness. Now, no one ever begins a retreat an expert or perfect in this art. Like any other art, this art of wakefulness is something that we learn and nurture and explore and question. And in learning and nurturing this art of wakefulness, there are times when we make mistakes. And there are times also when we are asked to begin again. Also, like any other art, learning what it means to be awake to be connected in our lives, actually asks of us 
not just practice and not just time, but it asks of us to look within ourselves, within our own hearts and our own minds, and to find the patience and the willingness and the love and the dedication that really allows this art that we hold within ourselves to flower. Most people begin retreats or come to retreats through their own intuition. There are probably not many of you who ended up here just out of some kind of vague curiosity or because you had nothing better to do this week. Most of us come here and are brought and drawn to meditation through intuition. The intuition that it is possible for us to live our lives in a way that doesn't feature conflict or chaos or despair or alienation. That it is possible for us to live in our lives and discover within ourselves a profound compassion and sensitivity and understanding and freedom. And a retreat, this kind of vessel, is actually simply a way of honoring that intuition, of paying attention to that sense of possibility and to explore the possibilities of each moment. It is important for us to remember when you come into this retreat that meditation in itself is a vehicle. It's not a model or an image. That meditation doesn't actually make any demands of anyone to be perfect, to be saintly, to be holy, or to conform to any kind of spiritual image. This vessel is an invitation. Meditation is an invitation to explore what is possible for us, to explore new pathways in our lives. Now sometimes you, you, know, you listen to Buddhist teaching or you read books on Buddhism or you hear people talk and, and you kind of, uh, some people get this impression that, that Buddhism is kind of obsessed with, with suffering or misery or unsatisfactoriness or, you know, disenchantment with life and with the world and with the body. And I doubt, you know, I think part of us <coughs> in our bleaker moments might respond to this but actually, most of us are drawn to meditation because we also sense that really the heart of this path and the heart of the spiritual life is actually concerned fully, wholly, with joy, with peace, with wisdom, and with freedom. This is what draws us here. We don't come here in order to learn more about, you know, learn new techniques of suffering or, you know, new techniques or practices of pain. Most of us come here because we sense that this is a means and a way to learn how to connect with and be with 
a very genuine and deep sense of happiness and peace within our being and within our world. Sensing this, it is also important for us not to make a goal out of being peaceful, not to make a goal at some future time out of being joyful, out of being happy, out of being free, that we project into some distant moment after we've gone through all our other stuff and fixed ourselves up and worked things out. When meditation speaks about happiness and joy and peace and freedom, it is speaking to each one of us about the possibilities of this moment. Now, I would like to say, and you know, perhaps this might happen, that it would be very nice if we, you know, sat down in meditation, began a retreat, you know, and dropped into some very blissful, uh, you know, state that we could retire into, and we just all hung out each year together for a week, you know, feeling very blissed out. Now, this <coughs> might happen. Um, to some of you, Um, but it is also, I think, very important to realize that a retreat is a way of meeting ourselves. It is really a way of meeting this moment. And in saying that, I don't want to deliver a lot of bad news to you, but in meeting ourselves, it is also true that in doing that, we may find that we meet the habits of a lifetime that we carry with us. And there may be moments in this retreat where instead of these kind of blissful images of, of, you know, joy and peace, that actually we do meet moments of judgment and fear and resistance. We may meet boredom and fantasy. And we are not here in any way to, to label any of this as being unspiritual, as something that we need to purge ourselves of or get rid of or to negate. We are not here to negate or to erase anything at all. We are here to learn the lessons of peacemaking, the lessons of wakefulness. We are here to learn the lessons of forgiveness, of acceptance, of compassion and understanding in the midst of those moments, in the midst of thoughts, in the midst of feelings, within our bodies, within chaos, to learn how to embrace all moments with an unconditional welcome. I think, I feel as women, we do often become very impatient with many of the the dualities and the divisions that feature so strongly in our world, the dualities between what is spiritual and what is not spiritual, the separation between mind and body, between inner and outer. And it is truly important in our own practice that we don't impose or create our own divisions or our own dualities within our own experience 
where we label anything, you know, where we are tempted to label one thing as being acceptable and another not, to label one thing as being welcome and another not. Meditation is the art of befriending ourselves and the art of befriending this moment. Through befriending, through learning how to welcome, this is how we learn how to be at home within ourselves. When we have no opponents, when we have no adversaries, when we have no enemies within our own being, then we can be at home within ourselves. Now, in doing this practice, in saying that, it is really saying that this practice is really not about getting somewhere else. It's not about achieving some special form of experience or arriving at some special destination apart from this moment or separate from ourselves. Befriending actually means to return to where we are, to return with honesty and with openness and without judgment, with a gentle attentiveness, with a soft and kind attentiveness that allows us just to listen. A retreat is a place of uncertainty. Um, There is something very humbling about this. When we come into a retreat, we do actually make a rather major step of renunciation, even if we don't do it consciously. You will discover here, as many of you already know, that we do let go of our props, our habits, our control, our identities. And in doing that, there is left a space of great openness. And I would suggest that this space of great openness is something very, very precious, of not knowing. You actually, no one knows here what your retreat will be like. You know, you may be coming from a life that's totally peaceful and balanced and stable and You know, looking forward to this retreat as a time of hanging out in this wonderful peace, well, you may get a surprise. (laughs) Or you may come into this retreat, you know, from chaos and agitation and and be anxious about all these things you're going to have to work with on this retreat, which may never arise. You don't know. You don't know. And it is such a wonderful gift to ourselves to be able to sink into that not knowing, not to fill up this space of openness with a lot of missions. You know, missions in meditation will limit your experience of what is possible here. And it is a great kindness to yourself. No matter how pressing your missions may seem to be, to let them be, to let them be, not to limit this time here by imposing upon it any particular agenda, no matter how urgent or important that agenda may, be, may seem to be. 
to let this space be a time of not knowing, of not drawing conclusions, of not having to figure anything out, of not feeling desperate to find answers, of not feeling, you know, that we have to look for, for magical solutions to anything. To see what happens when we can just really rest in that space of not knowing. Um, a few practical things. <clears throat> Obviously, here there is a, a certain kind of simplicity um, that we treasure and try to cultivate here at IMS. Thus, we don't show feature-length movies or provide a lot of things to read. You know, we don't do cabaret acts up here. We keep it fairly simple. Um, but also to know that simplicity is actually not something that we can impose upon you. But I would actually truly say, from my experience, simplicity is one of the greatest um, vehicles for deepening in stillness. And I would so much encourage you to take that sense of simplicity into your life here, to cultivate it, to nurture it, to treasure it. Um, you know, you may have come here in your suitcase with lots of things to do, you know, the, the books you've stashed away in case you get bored, or, you know, all of these different things that you might be engaged in. Please, to leave them, to really see what happens. It's so rare in our life where we don't have to do anything. You know, I mean, that makes some people very anxious. But here, you know, we love not doing. You know, we really don't do very much here at all. You know, we sit around, you know, we take little, little walks and then we sit around some more and you know, it's not a busy place, you know. We're really into not doing. And it's not laziness or apathy or lethargy or anything else. That not doing can be a place of such vitality and creativity and, and intuition. And I so much encourage you to cultivate that not doing. You know, to keep your life so simple here. You know, you, you don't get enlightenment from reading the instructions on the fire extinguishers. It will not, <laughs> it will not help you, you know. I, all of these things, these ways that we can fill ourselves up here, you know, we don't need to do it. We can actually just feel what happens when we are still. When we are just still and listening to this moment. And this is hard for us, you know, this is a discipline, you know, because we're so good at doing, you know. We're so good at responding and, you know, and, you know, being heroic in crises, you know, and, you know, making everybody feel all right and, you know, taking care of everything. That to not do, you know, you know, we almost feel guilty already, you know. Like, I, there must be something I have to be taking care of. But just take care of the moment. Just take care of yourself. In doing that, you are taking care of each other. And you may be taking care of your world in a very profound way. 
So I encourage you to cultivate that simplicity. I mean, we do have a room here that looks suspiciously like a library, but it is not a library. It is not, don't even th think of that word, you know, they are not books. They, they are actually, you know, very weighty tomes of Buddhist scriptures that are totally uninteresting, you know. So don't even feel, you know, that there's something that's being offered there, you know, and you can go in there and read or something like that. I encourage you not to read, you know, don't do any reading. It's okay, you can go a week without reading, you know. Um, to go a week without, you know, writing theses or you know, anything else. You know? Some people find it helpful to write a, just a very few notes about what is happening in their day. That's okay. But to keep it so simple and so, so moderate, the silence, as Naraya mentioned, is a way of cultivating that simplicity. Um, a couple of other things, practical things, before I talk about the actual practice. Um, you know, we, we made all these kind of dire warnings last year about how noisy it was going to be here. And, you know, you, you've read all the IMS information, you know, about how it's a construction site, you know, and, you know, we're asking all of you to bear with this. Well, apparently the story is that it's really not very noisy at all. Um, you know, there's a few little noises. So that, that's okay, you know, it's not much of a big deal. And if you find yourself disturbed at all, then we will be very happy to entertain you with, you know, our war stories of sitting in Asia, and it'll make you feel much better, you know, about hearing a few hammers, you know, this will seem like, like a deva realm. Um, you're also, I know, much cozier on this retreat than you're used to probably here at IMS. And uh, I like to think of it in these terms, you know, it's cozy, it's, it's not crowded, it's cozy. And, you know, if you struggle with that a bit, you know, kind of think of, you know, those nice pajama parties you used to have when you were a teenager, you know, and everybody was all friends together, you know, and there was a great sense of community. It's a little like that here now. Um, the men on the staff have, are invited, as they always are in this retreat, to attend the evening talks. There are a number of men on the staff who are serving us. And... Um, the Dharma talks are, you know, one of the major forms of nourishment for people who are on the staff here. So, I mean, apart from the Dharma talks, the, the meditation room is for us, but don't be surprised um, if you find the men on the staff coming for the Dharma talks. Also, remembering this evening, Linda may have already told you to turn your clocks forward one hour, otherwise you will be mixed up tomorrow. Um, as far as the practice goes, again, this, this is something very simple. We don't do anything very special here. Um, it is very ordinary things that we engage in here, of sitting, of breathing, <coughs> of walking, of eating. Um, and yet, we bring to those very ordinary things a true sense of difference, a, really willing, a real willingness to be wholeheartedly attentive, to be devoted, to be dedicated to just that, those very ordinary tasks in our lives. And you will discover that that devotion and wholeheartedness can make the very ordinary into something extraordinarily precious 
and simple and transforming. Um, in the sitting meditation, we are cultivating attentiveness because to listen well, we do need to be attentive. To be connected at all to anything, we do need to be attentive. The mind that is scattered and fragmented and, and wandering and drifting is not the consciousness that is attuned easily and deeply to the moment. So this practice, really the practice that we do here, is a way of nurturing attentiveness, nurturing sensitivity, nurturing oneness and connectedness. In the sitting practice, we keep it very simple. Uh, We have one moment at a time. Uh, That's all we really need to take care of. We have our breath with us, always available, always accessible. In the sitting practice, the breath serves as our anchor to the present moment and as our reminder to be awake. So in the sitting, I would suggest that you really do let your attention just be attuned to that very simple activity of breathing in and breathing out. Now, breathing is one phenomenon, one aspect of our experience in the moment. There are many others. There are sounds, there are body sensations, there are thoughts, there are feelings. This is also, uh, these are also aspects of our experience in this moment. Now, we rest our attention within the breathing, and it may be in the next moment that something else becomes more predominant, a sound or a thought or a body sensation. Attentiveness is what is important. If something else is predominant, then we bring our attention very clearly to that simple aspect of our experience. We are aware of a body sensation. We return to our breath. There are one breath, two breaths, three breaths. Perhaps the sound becomes predominant. We bring our attention very wholeheartedly to know where we are in that moment. If our attention is drawn away from our breathing, it's not a mistake. We haven't done something wrong. We haven't lost it. We are learning to cultivate attentiveness. If our attention is drawn to a sound, we are wholeheartedly present, knowing where we are, knowing we are listening. We bring our attention back to our breathing. To keep it so simple and yet to really nurture this wholeheartedness of attention, this fullness of attention to one breath at a time, to one moment at a time. Um, We will talk much more about the sitting practice, obviously, as the retreat goes on, but it's not complicated. We don't need to think a lot about it. We just need to do it, to breathe well, to listen well, to attend to our bodies well, if that is what is predominant, to come back to our breathing, to let our breathing be kind of our mainstay, our anchor. But our breathing is also a mirror, because when our attention is drawn from our breath, that is our reminder to be awake of where to where we are in that moment. 
I would certainly suggest that you pay attention to your sitting posture. Um, this practice, which is so much about cultivating ease, about befriending ourselves, does need to begin, of course, within our relationship to our bodies. Um, I'm not that enthusiastic about um, developing willpower or powers of endurance, you know. I mean, if we really thought that was a good idea, you know, we would bring beds of nails in here and we could all practice, you know, developing our powers of endurance. Befriend your body. Find a posture that you feel at ease in, relatively at ease. Don't feel that whatever posture you get, you're necessarily going to sit there without a twinge for the whole week. You may get a few twinges, but finding a posture that you feel a sense of balance and steadiness within. If that's on a cushion, fine. If it's on a chair, fine. If it's on a bench, fine. Wherever you can find the posture that allows you to be most still, most calm, most at ease within your body. I would suggest that you do pay attention that your back is is relatively straight. because simply because to sit with a back, you know, that's all slumped and, and, and curled or whatever, it's a very direct path to pain. And it, it's, it's also just really sloppy. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're here embodying or trying to cultivate alertness. And our bodies help us in that. Our bodies actually help us in that. You know, so to cultivate alertness and that sense of of aliveness and alertness and, and, and attentiveness within our bodies encourages us also to develop in, any, in every other way. So let your body be part of this practice, not something separate. So to do pay attention to your posture, find the way that you find that real combination of ease and balance and steadiness. And then letting your breath Simply be your anchor within it, your anchor to the moment. Not an exclusive kind of practice that I'm trying to pay attention to my breath at the expense of all else. But our breath is the mainstay. Um, I think that covers it for now. Tomorrow we will speak about the walking meditation and we'll talk about the groups and whatever else we need to talk about. Uh, If we end this evening just with um, a very short period of sitting, if you want to take, if you want to just stand up for a couple of minutes, stretch your body before we sit, would you feel at ease and relaxed within Just consciously and gently just settling into your body. And just settling into this moment. Just being aware of your body, its balance and steadiness. Just sensing the alertness stillness of your body. 
sensing how your breath is moving within your body. Aware of how your body is responding to your in-breath and to your out-breath. Not trying to control or alter that movement in any way. But just harmonizing your attention with that very natural rhythm of your breathing. Breathing in with sensitivity and breathing out with sensitivity. Cultivating a calm, clear attentiveness.
being sensitive to those moments when your attention is drawn from your breath, clearly comprehending where your attention is in that moment without dwelling or judgment, and then gently returning your attention to the next breath.
may all beings be at peace within themselves. May all beings live in peace with one another. May all beings live in peace.